What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Putt Stuff. As always, I'm your host, Devin Primrose, joined by my good buddies, Mr. Peter Strauss and Dalen Even. What is going on, fellas? Dalen's back from the dead. He is. Again. He's arisen. Who would have thought? How you feeling, Dalen? Like a zombie. <laughs> Checks out. Checks out. How you feeling about... uh? Old Mr. Major over there. Two-time Major winner this season. Oh, sorry. Are you talking to me? I'm not interested in what you have to say. (laughs) (laughs) You know, only the fastest ever to win his second Major in just 133 days, I think is what it was. Yeah, 133. That son of a gun. Old, old vanilla Isaac. He's still not cool. Pushing, I mean, you know, it's especially not cool. Pushing Ricky Wysocki out of the top three in the MPO official rankings. Step your game up, Rick. Having the first time since January of 2012 that Ricky Wysocki nor Paul Macbeth being in the top three. Get good, scrubs. <laughs> Look, Richard <laughs> Richard Wysocki has not lived up to my expectations for him. <laughs> I still don't respect Isaac Robinson. He still as a he still won like two or three events this year. Yeah, he has. Yeah, but I expect him to win all of the events, every single one of them. Nobody does that unless you're Kristen Tatar. True, true. Uh, speaking of Paul Macbeth, though, not even second, not even in the podium, not even in the top five, not even in the top ten, all the way down at thirteenth. It's almost like 50 years old. It's almost like somebody said that would happen. I mean, we didn't disagree with you. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not like out here standing up for Paul Macbeth. I know. I know. (laughs) Listen, everybody just wanted to make a big deal about the, you know, 11 year streak or whatever that he went on of being first or second at Worlds. And I knew it was coming to an end. Oh, Paulie McBee's reign is done. If you want to, uh, I don't know. Should we talk about some of the cool stuff and the history stuff first, or do you want to do the? Sure. Rank, uh, yeah. What, the, uh, what 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 do you got over there? Pete? Well, I was going to ask if you wanted to do like this, how everybody finished first, like the normal top five stuff. I can. I can. Sure. Uh, yeah. So just to give a recap on the MPO side, uh, finishing in fifth was Calvin Heimberg at forty-two under. Tied for third was Eagle McMahon and Matty O at forty-three under. A.B., Anthony Barella coming in at second at 44 under, and Vanilla Isaac Robinson at 46 under. Uh, Mr. Major over there cashed in his second one. And on the FPO side of things, in fifth was Henna Blumrose at, actually, sorry, tied for fourth was Henna Blumrose and Evelina Salonen at nine under. Uh, in third was Holland Hanley at 14 under. Missy Gannon in second at 20 under. And, of course, Chris Tatar taking it down at 26 under. Yeah. Um, Missy Gannon, unfortunately, one of the – it's I wouldn't even call it historical, but for the first time, I think it was ever, I think is – let me double-check what I read. Um, so, no, just first time over her last three majors, which – she won all three of the last three majors coming into this, but she never, her lead never diminished. Like she never lost strokes to anybody 
at a major in her last three majors. Christopher. Un- yeah. Yes, until Missy Gannon cut the lead in half in round three. Um, Kristen yeah. Tatar was up eight strokes in round two, and even De- Devin said in the Discord, we thought that was it. We thought it was over, and Missy Gannon kept crawling back, cut the lead to half, got the lead within one in yeah. round four, and then three-putted hole 18 and brought it back to minus five, and then just couldn't catch up the final day, so... Missy Gannon tried to make that interesting, but unfortunately fell just short. At least we had Missy given Tatar a run. Otherwise, it would have been a very, very boring FPO um, tournament, and Tatar would have just ran away with another major. But Missy tried. She fought definitely in in round four. That was the round that was probably the most intriguing on the FPO side because, like you said, Missy did cut it down to just a one-stroke lead for Tatar, and everybody thought, okay, hey, there's there's a chance here. Missy's making some moves, and then uh, you know, like spoiler you said, alert. Yeah, it wasn't actually close, and Kristen Tatar still ran away with it. She I don't. She. I'm trying to. How many strokes she won by? Only six. She won by six. six. I. You just said only six. I mean, right. compared to some other wins that she's had, that's pretty close. Saying only six is just <laughs> super dumb. <laughs> But I mean, also, so if you look at if you look at the the stroke difference between first and third, it's a twelve stroke difference, and Missy was there, pretty much. Again, she she cut it down to a one stroke lead, and then made mistakes of her own instead of allowing, waiting for Kristen to make mistakes, uh, and in in the final round she did everything she could, like she pretty much kept stride with Kristen. Kristen just didn't make any mistakes. Yeah. She didn't give any strokes for, for Missy to pick up out there. But Missy did try. I mean, Missy, yeah. that was, that to me was the closest somebody's come to taking down Kristen in a while. Yeah, I mean, besides Katrina Allen having the lead on her and Kristen trying to t- chase Katrina yes. Allen yes. at the preserve, um, yeah, Kristen Tatar normally once she's in the lead, she never looks back, and this this one was interesting for a hot minute. Yep, and now here we are, what two three weeks out uh, from the U.S. Championship for the women, and we'll see if Kristen can catch the fourth major of the year to get that uh, season Grand Slam. Yeah, I thought we saw this somewhere, but she is the first woman I think since. If not ever since like 2009, when Valerie Jenkins did it, to win four majors in a row because she won mm. USDGC, right? She won, yeah, last year, yeah. and then she was also, uh, the first woman to win three majors in a season when there are four majors in a season. Interesting. So, um, yeah, just a lot of history for her. Um, obviously. The pot was huge because it was world. Big Money Missy still in second place, getting a five-digit number, which for disc golf is huge. Yeah. Um. Also, uh, feeling like a world championship for the FPO at least. Um, I think it's six or seven of the top eleven players, uh, were European. Yep. Uh, Kristen Tatar, obviously from Estonia. Evelina Salonen and Hanna Bloomrose are both from Finland. Silva Saarinen, I don't remember where she's from. Also from Finland. Uh, Lucky Loretsen from Norway. 
also the highest finishing Norwegian in the FBO field at World Championships. Yep. And KT Tate, also from Estonia. Yeah, it's definitely a more uh, international game on the FPO side of things than it is on the MPO. But, you know, we, we got a couple of Europeans making their way, uh, ma- making some moves on the MPO side for sure. Yeah. Uh, had a couple awesome-looking aces, uh, so go check those out on YouTube and stuff. But Yeah, Ali Smith had the one on, I think it was eight. Ali Smith, yeah, on eight big turnover backhand, I think just over 300 or so 320, feet. yeah. Uh, just nailed it, ran it down the whole way. Uh, Nate Sexton also on 15, which is a very wooded hole. Got a yep. skip ace that, like, didn't make any noise. Like, it was <laughs> it was interesting. It just, whoop, right in the basket, and everybody went wild. Um, always got to shout out those aces. Um. The only other big thing I can think of from the FBO, like besides Kristen Tatar, the lack of like the big like world champions before, like Katrina Allen finished uh you know, twenty fourth. Juliana Corver is a little older, but she finished thirtieth. Owen Scoggins had to drop out due to an injury. Uh Ella Hansen's not a world champion, but she was not talked about for I think the first few rounds and still only ended up getting fourteenth. Same with Haley King at 13th. Like, a lot of names we don't normally see towards the top. Um, yeah. Holland Hanley, obviously, is still there. Uh, Macy Valadez, who I feel like we haven't talked about all year, was up yep. there. So just a lot of competition for the FBO. Even though it was a two-horse race, a lot of uh, interesting things happening on the FBO side. Yeah, for sure. And then over on the MPO side, I mean, at, at least... For as much of a two-horse race as it was on the FPO side, I feel like on the MPO side, there was, going into like the last two rounds at Fox Run, I would say there was probably like 15 guys all within striking distance of being able to really take it down. And it was a very tight race. Um, Credit to Isaac Robinson for having a great fourth round to give himself a three-stroke lead heading into Sunday. Uh, but yeah, a lot of guys, a lot of guys all right there with each other. Yeah. I mean, it felt like anybody's game, like the, uh, the final round, the only like Isaac Robinson on the lead card was the only person that finished on the podium. Everybody else came, came from the, which is card. unfortunate. Cause like, if you look at, if you look at how that cards round started, I believe all four of them went four for four across the first four holes. They yep. were all batching each other, just birdie in every single hole. And then five is when it started unraveling. Um, I want to say that's where Evan Scott had his double bogey. Yeah, where he threw OB twice. Chained out and rolled OB. Yeah. And missed the, the back putt, yeah. Well, and he went OB on off the drive because it stood up against the stake and then flipped over and rolled down the hill. Yeah. Which is just unfortunate because he was having a great a great round and I was hopeful that he'd be able to get up there, you know, at least have a top five finish. That kid that kid looks yeah. really good at times and then other times just he lets he lets negative play get to his head. And you saw that on Sunday when things started going bad, it just went downhill quickly, which is that's an easy thing to do. Like it's not it's not easy to be mentally tough and not let those things affect you. And maybe as he gets older and grows as a disc golfer, 
um, things like that will will change. But he's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, and I I think I said it wrong before on the show. I know I said it wrong in the Discord. I thought he was sixteen, and besides how he looks, the reason I, mean, I he thought he 16. was sixteen was because the article that I read said, "Oh yeah, Evan Scott, sixteen years old." Except that article was written in twenty twenty one. Way to do your research, Pete. Um, <laughs> so Evan Scott is 18, but still, besides uh, there was, and I think I put it in the Discord, he was, uh, there was one other guy who won it at 16. His name was Sam Farrens. Other than that, nobody else under 20 has won the world championship. So um, for him to even be in that position, you know, for really only having like the higher showings at Silver Series so far yeah. is incredible. Yep. Yep. Uh, M- Matty O made one heck of a comeback run. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Matty O, Eagle McMahon almost shot the course record two days in a row to try to catch up. Yeah. I mean, for, for as bad of a round as almost all of the lead card was having on Sunday, the chase card was on fire between Anthony Barella, Eagle McMahon, Matty O. It seemed like those three guys were all matching each other shot for shot and really giving Isaac a little bit of, of a scare. Um, Gannon Burr, too, even from the third card. Yep, yep, Gannon as well. Which, um, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it, these are all – a lot of these guys between Isaac, A.B., Gannon, like these are guys that are the future of disc golf. I mean, this is – this is that next wave of guys, and I'm I'm excited to see the battles between an Isaac Robinson and Gannon Burr over the next couple of years. Yeah, and we'll see how long both of them stay at Prodigy. I know. Yeah. I think the lawsuit was finally dropped. So yeah, it was with Gannon Burr. So that's not drama right now. But it, I imagine it, that it, when it comes time to resign, they will be in the off season. Resign. Yeah. I'll be interested to see if Gannon sticks around with Prodigy because it seems like all of those guys have developed a really tight knit bond. Like uh, after tournaments, if any of them wins, they're all right there with each other between Ezra, Isaac, Alden Harris, uh, Gannon Burr. All these Prodigy guys are right there with each other, cheering for each other, hugging each other. So it'll be interesting to see if Gannon sticks around because you know, all of his friends are with Prodigy or if he decides to, to move on somewhere else. You just listed four boring guys in game. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I like Alden Harris. Get out of here. I think Alden Harris is fine. That's just your opinion. <laughs> I disagree with your opinion. How much of Worlds did you watch, Dalen? Several Worlds. <laughs> Several. <laughs> All of the worlds. Yeah. That's I, not really relevant. I don't know why you would bring something like that up. It's honestly rude. Do you want to <laughs> guess? I don't know if you've looked, so don't look at your screen now. But uh, do you want to guess what place Manabu Kajiyama finished in? 56. Oh, gosh. There were 216 competitors. I know he didn't make the cut. He did not make the cut. <laughs> Does anyone I, have a guess out of 50? I said 56th. It is not 124th. It is not 124th. 213th. He it was not 213th. He was tied. Let me let me I think it was a tie. 
yeah, tied with one, two, three, with two other people for 192nd. That's that's embarrassing with, as the uh, highest rated disc golfer. John, he shouldn't be the highest rated disc golfer. No, he shouldn't. Know. I mean, I think I think this all speaks to a little bit of a problem with the rating system. Yeah, it's I been, mean, it's, it's been it's, criticized before. It this is, is why the European Open doesn't matter. Well, the European Open matters because a lot of Americans play it. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't matter. <laughs> the guys he was tied with, uh, Josh DiBattista, which is a fun name, is rated 1001, which for MPO is like a little low. Yeah. And then Mark Peters just under that at 998. I mean, there's a guy at a thousand and eighteen underneath him. True. I mean, you like you can. It is possible for you to have bad days and and bad tournaments. That's that's definitely a possible thing. But the fact that he came came over to America, played in two tournaments, and had awful showing up both of them, it doesn't speak well for the highest rated disc golfer in the world. I'm just trying to see who was closest to him. That's a name that I've heard of. Uh, Dallas Wrinkle was 161. Uh, Garrett Everson was plus 14. I don't know. Who that He's is. a 1018 rated. He's rated higher than Andrew Fish, Fish Austin Hannum. Uh, Tristan Luke Tanner, I feel like is a name I've heard of. He was 145th. I don't know who yeah. Crochi Fukuda is. <laughs> uh, Paul Omen was 121st. Nate Perkins was 99th, Brody Smith also 99th, Carter Aaron's 109. So we're kind of getting into some some people here yeah. that we've heard of. Chandler. Honestly, I don't know who Garrett Everson is, but he's 1018 rated and he was 196th also. So Yeah, which I mean that happens, but the guys that are like consistent on tour are above that like 110 100th place yeah. at least. Yeah, I mean I I think that you look at a guy like, uh, what's what's Matty O's rating? Ten thirty something. I think he is ten thirty something. Ten thirty nine. Yeah. So you're trying to tell me Matty O isn't a better disc golfer than Manabu? Sometimes you have a bad round. <laughs> I I agree, but again, he had it's two tournaments in a row of bad play, like. Not even bad play, like horrible play. He's an old man. <laughs> then he shouldn't be rated t- 1056. He didn't choose to be rated 1056. They rated <laughs> I, him. There. I mean, I guess that's fair. <sighs> Who are you mad uh, at here? Are you mad at Manabu or the mad at the ranking that means nothing? Uh, the second. <laughs> Garrett is also the only player that's rated or that's uh, rated higher than the guys he was tied with that finished lower than him. Just to throw that out there. Hmm. Well, do we have anything else to say about Worlds? Uh, I, I gotta say, I, I have one complaint with Worlds. It's too damn long. Five rounds is a lot. And I don't think there's any benefit of having that extra fifth round. I mean, I get that it's worlds and it has to be the hardest. And that's something to say about Fox Run too, with how much OB is on that course. Like, I understand 
that it's worlds and it's supposed to be the toughest thing around but, but five it, rounds with three of them on that course yeah. seems like because there there were a lot of bad breaks for people like a lot of it yes. did come down to luck like with Evan Scott having you know two things roll out of bounds that probably shouldn't I mean, have really you, rolled out of bounds you say luck but then you've also got a guy like Isaac Robinson that really made that course his bitch like he he went out there and was putting pinpoint drives in the bullseye on a lot of those holes. So, so it is luck, but it's also like it's possible to have bad breaks and it ruin your round for sure with the way it's set up. But if you can master the course, then you then you can like you can deal with it. I mean, in no way is the world championship actually a world championship. It's a major on the way to the actual championship. I don't understand the point of it at all. Well, it's I mean, just, it's just the prestige. So like, are you yeah. the world champion? No, because you have to go compete in the actual championship after this. Well, you went up against the best around the world. Like a lot of these guys, a lot of these guys aren't necessarily on the pro tour because they they're playing in Europe yeah, you or get, you have to be in Japan. You have to be invited to go to the worlds, I think. Yeah. But it still lacks the meaning of it shouldn't be called world championship. So it's it should if it is, it should happen after the well, United States well, championship. I mean there's a difference between like there's a difference between the world championship and the tour championship, which will happen at the end of the tour. Now, which I, means you just happen then, to win the tour. I do there's agree. The world championship, which is a major, there's a United States disc golf championship was a major. And then yeah. there's the tour championship, which is the championship. Like none of it makes any sense. And you can't just call everything the championship. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I do agree. You should. Cause I, I know. Hold, I'm on, right. hold on. Hold on. Hold on. No. Hold on. I do agree that Worlds should be the last tournament of the season. And I do agree that it shouldn't have anything to do with point standings. I think it should be its own thing, like how like like That's yeah, fair. like yeah, I, you okay. do you do the, the tour because the European tour has its own thing too. Like I get they're starting to grow the sport in that way. But like you have like American sports and then, like, they go and do the Olympics or they go and do, like, the FIFA World Cup. Like, they're, yeah, the world championships for those sports are separate, um, for the most part, depending on the sport from American sports. This so is I, just I, another weirdly long tournament, but I think it still has its prestige because, for starters, again, you don't have to be on tour to play this championship. Like, man, man, uh, you get people who have a chance to shine right. who maybe aren't able to afford the tour, but yeah. like they play really shine? well in their Did any area. of them shine? So did name one of them who shined. I mean, fair, but so here's, here's my counterpoint to this. Cause I don't, I don't disagree with you, but the idea of, of these majors is kind of taken from regular ball golf. And even, even in the tennis world. So tennis, you have, you have the regular tour, and then you have the four majors of the Australian Open, French Open, Wimbledon, U.S. Open. Golf, you have the regular tour, then you have the Masters, the British Open, the U.S. Open. I can't remember what the other, the fourth one is. Um, but would you be as opposed to it if it was called? So, like the European Championship is, it's called the European Open. The 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 
uh, PDGA major is the European Open. Would you be as opposed to the U.S. Championship, which is in like three weeks, four weeks, uh, first, second weekend of October, if it was called the U.S. Open? Why is this the World Championship when it's a stepping stone to the championships people actually want to win? Right. Do you so, think Isaac so if it would, was if it was, Isaac would trade this win in for the U.S. Championship and the DGPT Championship? No question. Well, I don't, I don't know about that because the U.S. Championship is again, it's, it's, it has. It should be called the with, U.S. Open. It's a stepping that's, stone. Right. That's the. That's what I'm asking. That's what I'm asking because again, like, so Champions Cup is a major. It's so called Champions Cup. It's not call called. This, call the U.S. the U.S. Open. Right. Have the World Championship happen happen after the DGPT? I would agree with that. Yeah. That's it. I, I have no problem with this tournament, but the way it's set up, it's a stepping stone to the real tournament, and calling it a world championship just kind of cheapens the whole thing. Well, I mean, I think I think it's a little bit more of a stepping stone when it's a major. I like the prestige of it being a major, but I think you can still have it be a major and have it happen after the tour cha- the tour championship, and then you could also rename the U.S. Championship the U.S. Open. Just so you know, it's not if, as. I don't if know. the world championship happened after the DDPT championship, I think it would have more value because Possibly. you fought your way to it to compete with the best in the world. Maybe. Yeah. It's just, it's like having the Super Bowl and then having the United States Super Bowl where everyone beats up on a team from Germany one week and then the real one happens later. Possibly. It's dumb. I don't know. And I think I'm right. I, we're not. How many championships say. can we have? Give me four more championships. Give me five. Who cares? They have no meaning anyway. They're just stepping stones to the, the real championship. I think. I mean, part part of the prestige of Worlds though is that it's been around longer than the Pro Tour has. It's been around then, longer than any kind of disc golf tour has. Then and why so, is it a major? Why is it not its own standalone event? It should stand for itself at that point. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of, it kind of does stand on its own. You just happen to, if you're on the pro tour, you get pro tour points based off of how you do in it. But it would still, like, pro worlds would still take place regardless of if there was a DGPT or not. Yeah, I do. I think. Put it at the end. Don't necessarily make it a DGPT event, but I think even still, just the prestige, like the pro purse, the amount of people that play, because it is the biggest tournament of the year. Even yeah. if like what you, even if what people play for who are on tour are like to make it to USDGC and to make it to uh, the disc golf, uh, the tour championship, Worlds is like you are competing against way more people than like. Any yeah. other tournament you ever and, and technically in Vermont. Well, it was in Vermont this year. It switches every year. Yeah, it's in yeah, a, but it, is I, it all? Where, where was it in a different country? I mean, that's that's a good point. I I would like to see if it's going I to think, be a world championship to go across the globe. I think they'll get there eventually. Like they, I think this is the first year that they did a full separate European tour. So they, I think they are going to build towards. Right. I think they are going to start building towards doing it. And they have a silver series in Canada this year, which I don't think they've done before. Yeah. Which we will get into in a moment. So I think they are working on getting more international 
Yeah, um, I mean, I think, I think one thing to remember is that like disc golf as a like true professional event is very much in its infancy still, and so as the the sport progresses, as the tour grows, as the majors grow, like things will change, and one of those changes, hopefully, will be playing worlds across the globe in different countries, not just the U.S. Yeah, and a big part of that, too, is because it's in its infancy, a lot of, not everybody, like, obviously, the big names that are sponsored and stuff, like, they can afford to travel a bit easier, but if there's people, like, up and coming, like, Evan Scott is sponsored, but I can't imagine his sponsorship is worth that much as an 18 year old right um and somebody who this is his breakout year so he probably won't get paid really until he renegotiates his contract but if you're just trying to live off event from event i mean this is the highest paying event i think so far this year if it wasn't ledgestone because ledgestone always pays a lot and the, i don't think ledgestone paid more the than... total pro purse was two hundred seventy five thousand dollars, which is life-changing for us but split between uh what was it? Eight or Red like nine? wasn't even halfway there. What's that? It wasn't even half as close. How mean? much? How much did the, the winner get? Top payout was twelve thousand five hundred. Yeah, that sounds right. I know. So I know. Last year, the tour championship was the biggest purse, I believe, and the winner, uh, the MPO winner at the tour championship, won thirty k, which is what they just won at the world championships. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. The entire pro purse, what they paid. Every FPO and FPO right, yeah, competitor yeah. that made the cut for payout, which was I think ninety ish people for MPO and forty uh, ish people for FPO. So what? A total of a uh, hundred and thirty people had to split two hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. Whereas like other sports like tennis and golf, like those guys, those people are making millions. So right. Like well, it, I think it's it much, was the world championship. It should pay out the most because you're the best in the world. I mean, that's all based on the sponsors and stuff. But hey, just uh, Barbasol is more money than LL Bean, I guess. Yeah, because the world championship <laughs> is not really a world championship. Well, if you feel like attending the world championship next year, it's in Lynchburg, Virginia. Ooh, I'm not know. going to Virginia. I'd go to Virginia. <laughs> But, Sounds fun. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't entirely disagree with you, Dalen. So, uh, as far as a points standings update, a couple of small minor movements on the top five for both MPO and FPO. On the MPO side, in fifth place, Eagle McMahon. Fourth place, Ricky Wysocki. Uh, and then the top three is unchanged. Gannon Byrne third, Isaac Robinson second, Calvin Heimberg still in first. On the FPO side of things, in fifth place, Ella Hansen, fourth place, Holland Hanley, and then the top three, uh, Owen Scoggins in third, Missy Gannon in second, Kristen Tatar still holding on to the top spot. But there was some some movement uh, in the standings. I know that we talked about Evan Scott being on the lead card on Sunday. If he had been able to finish in the top five, that certainly would have helped out his points, but he finished 15th and that did, that did do enough to move him up eight spots. 
He's now in the 40th spot, just 86 points outside of uh, qualifying for the Tour Championship. So the next couple events are definitely big ones for him. And I... uh, I think there's a couple other guys that could make moves, but I do think Evan Scott has the best chance of climbing the ladder to get in just because of how good he is. I feel like if he can just be a tad bit more consistent, tad bit more consistent. Yeah, hopefully this is after the last round he had. Hopefully this week will be a little bounce back for him going into the, uh, the MVP open for a chance to get more points. Um which this silver series, I don't think will help him a ton. So we were looking into it and they only count your best three finishes at silver series events. Yep. And Evan Scott already at silver series has a first, a second and an eighth. So he could potentially be trying to get rid of that eighth place spot. And man's trying to win himself another one. That's what it is. I, yeah. (laughs) Um, so that that's what that is one thing to look out for is like why some of these because the, it is slim pickings especially on the FBO side this week definitely slim pickings so looking things to watch out for are why people who seem to be good on points might be trying to inch their way further up the ladder I haven't even really looked at the FPO side of things to see who is sitting oh. outside so okay the honestly saying slim pickings is a wildly yeah. Under yeah. understating it, but so so look at two two of the names uh in FPO, which for the record FPO has seven competitors, seven. That's it. Two cards. Um, two of those names are Juliana Corver and Deanne Carey. When you look at the points, uh, Corver is sitting in twentieth spot, which is just outside the top eighteen to qualify. She is. Four points behind Sayananda uh, for that last qualifying spot. And Deanne Carey is sitting in 27th. So it's a it's definitely an important tournament for those two. Um, but, yeah, just yeah, getting down to it. And with only seven women on the card, they're almost guaranteed to give, get themselves a little point boost this yeah. week, no matter where they place. Um. Juliana Corver, I think, is trying to get rid of a 26th place spot that she had at Texas State uh, Championships because she has a 15th at Beaver State and a 9th at uh, Zootown Open. Well, she's guaranteed a top seven. Yeah, she's guaranteed a top seven here, so that'll (laughs) be her best finish at a Silver Series so far. Uh, Deanne Carey, I haven't really heard her name much this year. She was also tied at 30th at Worlds. She's floated around a little bit. She is trying to. She had a 23rd at state champion, Texas State Championship, a 9th at Blue Ridge, uh, 26th at Beaver State Fling, 16th at uh, Cascade Challenge, 16th at Zootown Open, uh, 9th. So, yeah, pretty much every Silver Series she's finished not below 7th. So she's guaranteed to get a little points boost this week as well. Well, the tournament coming up this week is the Discmania Open. It is a Silver Series. It's a new event uh, on the Pro Tour this year, and I believe it is the first Pro Tour tournament in Canada, which we'll see how that goes. Uh, and I could find no video footage of this course. So I have approximately 
0% idea of what it will look like. Uh, Pete, I think you eyeballed the caddy book earlier. What are we looking at? Yeah, I do have the caddy book open. It is mostly wooded. Um, it is weird because literally half the property is woods and half the property is open. Um, so you get like three holes and then you go into the woods and then you come back out for 16, 17, and 18. And the holes that are in the open, um, looking at them, one of them is a par four with a, it's pretty much an island with hazards all around the basket. Uh, hole two is an island hole. Um, then if we scroll down to the later ones, if they load, couldn't preview file. Cool. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. So when they're back out in the open, it's a lot of OB, but it's hazard OB. So you still play from where it lands. You just take a stroke. If you land outside the line, that's stupid. Um, just yeah. Make like, just get <laughs> just get rid of like the like the marked OB, and just because if it's uh... yeah, we'll see if there's a reason when we're looking at it. It might be a similar thing like a Kansas City wide open where it's like getting punished for going into the tall grass or whatever. I mean, we've but... been we've been over it before. Like throwing in the tall grass is punishing enough already. Yeah. Like you're going to have a worse result. There's no point in adding a stroke. I mean, just, I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's not in the United States. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Guess what? It's in Canada. So they're I mean, like, oh, we can't have good disc golf here. So let's make forced OB and a bunch of dumb rules. I do have to say that statement has never applied more than it does to this tournament. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll see. It, it At least the MPO could be fun. There are still a few this, big names in the MPO. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I will tune in just to check out the course, but I am not expecting a good tournament. Yeah. This is a waste of our time to talk about. It's probably a waste of our time to watch. <laughs> um, it's in Canada. No oh. offense to Canadians, <laughs> but... All of the offense to Canadians. Yeah, especially the French Canadians. They're very rude to me. <laughs> All right, Dalen. Also, um, I forgot to mention like i normally do mpo length uh, 9455 feet fpo length 8495 feet so about the same length as fox run because fox run wasn't that long of a course just a lot mm -hmm. of a lot of things to navigate whether it be hazard ob or trees yeah you all know, right Dalen. i mean who am i gonna pick that's a good question <laughs> who are you gonna pick <laughs> so like <sighs> You have your choice between seven women and 45 men. I mean, I'm going to pick Ella Hansen. I figured that. <laughs> but honestly, like, I could pick Karen Martell or Isabel Bork. I don't know what any of this means. Hey, they all they all have, oh, I guess, like a 15% chance of winning, right? roughly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Math was probably off on that one, Ella but yeah, Hansen, Ella Hansen just played five rounds. Fourteen percent. She's probably exhausted. Look, I'm not gonna stop picking her. She's never gonna. Pay, it's never gonna pay off. I'm not gonna stop. <laughs> For the MPO, like nobody you normally pick is here, so I'm excited to see who you pick. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's a bunch of people I don't like, and Eagle McMahon. Yeah, you don't like Evan Scott. I don't know anything about him. If we're being honest, okay. 
Fair. I'm not going to pick him. <laughs> I can tell you who I'm not going to pick. You know the only person I like less than Isaac Robinson? Ezra Robinson? Ezra Robinson. It's like Isaac, but not even good. You better get used to seeing his mug on PDGA.com. Is that the guy that's staring at me right now? Yep. He's going to be staring at you for the next Ugh. year, too. Ugh. With his weird won, prodigy disc San Diego Padres hat? Because he won the meaningless world championship. Wait. Isaac Robinson won. Yeah. yeah. I said I don't like Ezra Robinson. Yeah, I know. I'm like just even I'm more than saying. Isaac. Yeah. Yeah. This is boring. I'm going to pick Eagle McMahon. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Listen, not a bad strategy taking the highest rated disc golfer. It doesn't even have anything to do with that. (laughs) I don't care who wins this tournament. I'm going to pick Jake Mon. I'm going to pick Jake Mon. Well, hey, for for the record, because I did go back and listen to all of our predictions, I already sent it to you guys, but so are... This is a lie? For our listeners, so that they know. Fake news. I, after the World Championship, have hit 10 correct predictions. Peter is at five, and Dalen, you might be at six. You were at five, although after discussion, I think you... We agreed there you might one. be at six. And then there also was the controversial pick that I did give you, which was the Paige Pierce injury it's pick. It's not controversial. Well, it's controversial because Peter, Peter disagreed with us. Giving it, with, he yeah. disagreed with me giving it to you. Yeah, because Peter's a shithead. <laughs> so at, at most, you're at seven. Just to clarify, I'm not really picking Jake Mon. <laughs> Why not? I don't know. I'd rather pick Eagle because he throws really far. You don't need to throw far for this course. Yeah, but he can throw really far, and that's cool. Okay. Unlike Isaac Robinson. Jake Mond's the kid that was leading USDGC. He after won like the something. Round, right? He won something last year, something weird. Jake Mond? Yeah. yeah. He was in the mix at USDGC. Uh... He came in second at the NBO last year. Well, I, I, yeah, but he was. I'm trying to see. If... Yes, he ended up in 19th, but like he was. He was like in. He was, he doing was leading something after point. like the second round or something like that. He also placed seventh at the Zoo Town Open. Yeah. All right. Who are you going with, Pete? Are you going to let me go first? That's brave. I mean, I can go if you would like. No, no, no. I'll go first. Um, okay. So, like, the obvious pick now, I you know, next highest rated player, uh, somebody who isn't on the list of people I hate, Juliana Corver. Um, but it's nine thousand feet, and she's eighty nine years old. These are facts. But she's all. She is also playing for position. She's trying to qualify. She, she she was might, playing tournaments before I was born. She might, I just want to throw that out. Yeah, there. and she might retire after this year. She's this is one last hurrah. I feel like she has a lot to play for. Obviously, I'm also looking at the Canadians, Karen Martell and Isabel Bork. Uh, hey, I need to say something. She technically never played a tournament before I was born. I was four months old at her first tournament. <laughs> 
Were you there? Yeah, maybe. It was in Iowa. It was in Fort Dodge. That's true. I was close. She is from Orange City, so. Um, but I think I am going to stick with Juliana Corver. Just having that positioning to play for, I feel like. And um, I don't think she played the. F- no, she made the cut. I think she had just made the cut, so she yeah. did play all five rounds. But absolutely wild to pick a sixty-year-old. Well, you picked <laughs> the only other like obvious option. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna go Juliana Corver for FPO. Um, I picked her once before, and it didn't work out super great. But like I said, I think she has something to play for this week, and that's what I'm gonna ride on. Um. MPO. I'm gonna ride the Evan Scott train. Um, I think mm. there's gonna be less pressure on him. He was playing great last week. I think he can carry that momentum without you know the pressure of it being the world championships. Um, and I feel like you know he does pretty good in the wooded courses. Like that's where he got his win at Zootown Open. So I'm gonna and he's a South Carolina kid, Carolina golf in the woods. Give me Evan Scott. Not bad, not bad. Uh, for me, on the FPO side, I'll just take the third highest rated female disc golfer and go with Deanne Carey. She's not uh, even 60. She is not 60. And she's hasn't had a terrible season. It's just been kind of, you know, hit or miss. I think uh, Devin made the right choice. I'm not going to lie. I will take. She's on the list of people I don't pick, so. Well, which which is fair. Stick to your morals. You, you do you. Uh. Devin has no morals confirmed. I will gladly take five wins and morals and have ten wins with five of them being Kristen Tatar. Five of them are not from Kristen Tatar. Yes, they Thank are. You. Don't even four lie. of them. Sorry. Four of them four are from Kristen, from Kristen Tatar, Tatar, which means me. I would still be beating y'all if I didn't have the Tatar pick. No, you would be, be beating, tied with me. Yeah, and you'd only be one ahead of me. I don't care. I still I'm ahead of you. you. I don't. I don't see how that's relevant. Just I win in that. Um, as far as my MPO pick, ooh, I could keep riding the Robinson train. I picked Ezra two tournaments ago; that worked out well. Isaac just won a world championship. Hmm. Pick Gavin Babcock. I actually considered Gavin. <laughs> I thought about him. He's from Altoona. But I think I'm going to go with... You should pick Jake Mon. Another one of those prodigy boys and go with Alden Harris. He's having... Okay. A decent year. Not not a bad year. Not a great year, but, you know, a win a win could help him out. Does Is almost everyone on Prodigy from Georgia? A lot Except of them are, for well, Gannon? Well, Prodigy's based out of Georgia, so... Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That's why their discs are low quality. I mean, <laughs> Isaac Robinson has won two of the three majors, and Gannon Burr has won five total events this year. So they're all, they're both using Prodigy discs. Yeah, because they don't need good discs because they're better than us. If if it is if it isn't the discs, and they switched over to who who do you think has the best discs? So that's a tough question. <laughs> what do you mean? The most thick, the highest quality disc to disc? I mean, who who do you like using the most? So, 
my two favorite discs. Yeah. Aranova. So but, if so imagine let me throw something out here. Anova, so the thing with the destroyer is you don't know what you're getting. You have to look at it. You have to feel it out sure. because none yeah. of them are the same. Yeah. So do they have the best quality? No. Yeah, so so but again, the right that, destroyer is magical. That goes when back you find to, the one you want. It goes back to my question: Who do you think is the best disc manufacturer? Factoring in all of that, factoring in the 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 molds, the mold quality, quality and consistency. Um, MVP and uh, trilogy. So I think Discraft is up there too. Discraft is solid. I'm not hating on them. If Prodigy Discs are right there. If Prodigy Discs are as shit as some people like to think they are, imagine how great Isaac Robinson and Gannon Burr would be if they switched over to Imagine giving We're probably gonna see it next year. Imagine giving Gannon Burr a destroyer. (laughs) I mean true. Think about it. Imagine how far Gannon Burr can throw a pig. You're not wrong. Man, if you get Ganonbur on Innova, I'm done. <laughs> prodigy discs are decent discs though. I've never thrown so I've discs, never thrown a prodigy I liked. Weirdly, their discs are consistent. They're not bad. They always have that damn little ledge on them. Yeah. I mean And they're so, so uncomfortable to throw like hold and they just don't do what I want. I mean, two of my favorite discs are prodigy um, discs. And outside are, of Outside of Trilogy, that's like my go-to brand outside of Trilogy is Prodigy. But it's all it's all personal preference. I can't... I've not used one that I like, and I've used many. That's fair. That's fair. Now, I'm picky, though, because, like, I only like the Destroyer and the Pig from Nova, the Hex and the Crave from MVP. I put using P2s from Discmania. Um... I throw what the underworld and um, what's the other on uh, the felon from uh, trilogy. Like yeah. I'm not picky, but I had the discs just have to be right. And not a single prodigy disc has stuck. That's fair. Yeah. I've never thrown a prodigy. I liked I, every single one I've thrown. I've liked. So <laughs> it's because you have weird Georgia hands. <laughs> that, that must be what it is, man. <laughs> He's not from Georgia. <laughs> That's why I started playing, there. though. You lived there too long, and you adapted their hands. <laughs> now he has Georgia hands. Good luck. I don't know what that means, but I don't like it. I don't, I don't know if I should be worried about that. <laughs> oh. Well, hey, as always, we appreciate all of you guys for tuning in and listening to us jibber-jabber over uh, meaningless tournaments, apparently. Uh, we, 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 uh, we appreciate it we love you guys come follow us on our socials at put stuff pod um, hop into the discord talk some sports with us uh, talk fantasy football with us because that's going to be the topic of conversation in the discord over the next like five months it's it's actually all i care about right now <laughs> it is what's on all three of our minds currently we were late to record this podcast because we had to complete the most important trade <laughs> of the year. Um, important question before we end. Yes. So at the beginning of the year, we talked about what discs we like. Yes. Devin, has anything changed? No. 
That's what I figured. Peter? I don't know if I said this before. I think I used to always see myself as a pig boy, but I've changed to the Toro. I really like the Toro now. Did I? That's a change. Did I mention? I feel like I mentioned the West Side Bear. Yes, extensively. I think I, I want to say the three that I've probably mentioned the most are the Valkyrie, the uh, West Side Stag, and the West Side Bear. Those are the three that I go to the most. And, well, I will say I will say I've added uh, the Prodigy M4. That's become one of my favorites as well. That's my favorite See, approach disc. Now that I threw that one time and I didn't hate it. M- M4 is a good disc. It's a very good disc. I found it on a disc golf course right on the border of Georgia. Well, makes sense. But then I found the guy it belonged to and had to give it back. I bought a I bought a um the Alden Harris uh Mid America Open champion um stamped one because he won the twenty twenty two Mid America Open. And it's this his commemorative disc. I I bought that at Champions Cup when I was there and I've loved it ever since. I mean, throwing it it feels really good. Does exactly what I wanted it to do. So it's it's yeah. a great disc. We've been talking so much about tournaments. I think next week we should take a minute to talk about disc golf. Okay. <laughs> there won't be I mean, much to cover from this tournament, so we'll have to fill the time. Somehow. I mean, who cares about this? Like, this is meaningless. We should probably also so actually play disc golf. Yeah. yeah. Uh, listen, it's still hot. It, it'd be nice if it, we weren't living in Satan's ball sack over here. <laughs> like, God damn, it's so fucking hot outside. I it's cannot tell ridiculous. you. It was 100 degrees again today. I yeah. cannot tell you. And, and we had like two weeks of like it being closer to 80 or 90. But it still wasn't and, nice. Yeah. I mean, I went, I went and played this past Saturday because I woke up early. I was like, oh, it's like 65 degrees outside. I'm going and playing. Man, it heats up to god awful heat in the afternoon, and now we're back to living in Satan's asshole, where it's a hundred and fucking degrees outside every goddamn day, and I'm fucking sick of it. I the high tomorrow is ninety three. Hate living in the south so fucking much, and I'm sorry <laughs> for all of our listeners that might have kids around because I'm going on a very explicit rant because I hate the goddamn heat that fucking much. Hey, we we have the E for explicit. It hurts. It just burns. It outside. sucks. We have the E for explicit. We're fine. And fucking it's, September. The it, air is wet. Why is the air wet and hot? Like, can someone? <laughs> you please. walk outside and the air licks you. I'd rather die. Could someone please inform Mother Nature that the calendar has changed? It is now September. It's supposed to be nice 70-degree days, getting down to 50 degrees at night. I want the fucking fall weather that I was promised as a kid that would be here in September. Where the fuck is that at? I would love to feel 50 degrees right now. I would be so happy. God, I would love it. Yeah, my electric bill would love it, too. God, don't even get me started. <laughs> you see what you did? You wound me up with this. With this, 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 listen, about the weather. this is rated E for explicit. If you're listening to this with your kid, that's your own fucking fault. <laughs> yeah, you can go to hell. Sorry, I didn't mean that. Fuck them kids. We're so fired up. <laughs> this has gotten... I, I, all right. <laughs> <laughs>
anyways, this is <laughs> but stuff. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week about next a week tournament. is the 2023 <laughs> MVP Open presented by OTP. <laughs> My favorite tournament. We'll see you guys next week. Catch out.